0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, the latest on DeAndre Hopkins and why no one should panic. No one should be surprised by how Larry Fitzgerald feels about his lack of targets against the Lions. We'll get into his comments. Plus, what is Vance Joseph's plan for a secondary that is likely going to miss its top three safeties this week? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 323, and it starts now. So if you don't mind, MJ, I'm just going to jump right into the show. There's a lot to cover, unless there's something you need to get off your chest here on this Thursday.
1: No, I'm I'm ready to go. Um, you know, the team's going to leave on Friday, and unfortunately, they're not going to be able to go out sightseeing. It's a business trip, so early start. And we're going to have a few of these in the next couple of weeks, so we'll see how prepared. The Cardinals have been practicing in the morning. I get good vibes, according to players. Uh, They're going back to basics, trying to clean some things up. And so, you know, I think last week could have been a wake-up
0: call. Well, 10 a.m. kickoffs not only this week, but next week as well when they play the Jets. The Cardinals, though, are coming back home. They're not staying back east like the 49ers did earlier this season, although that was something that was discussed earlier in the offseason. The pandemic has changed those plans. Um, Speaking of plans changing, MJ, when a player misses practice on Wednesday, are you concerned about his availability on a Sunday? Depends who the player is. All right. If that same player now misses Wednesday and Thursday, are you worried about his availability on Sunday?
1: Okay. Depends on the player and his background and his history.
0: If I was to tell you that this player has only missed two games in his now eight-year career and he has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday, would you be concerned about his availability on Sunday?
1: Um, I would want to know how much he was able to do on Friday. All right, fair enough. we're Work talking you, about, right? I'm working
0: with you, Craig. We're talking about wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Certainly a surprise to see him on the injury reports as an injured player. We've seen him on the injury report all this season because Wednesday he and Larry Fitzgerald do not practice, not injury-related. It's a day off well, all of a sudden he's got an ankle issue. How severe? Who knows? I'll say this, though. He did address the media this week on Tuesday, something that typically injured players do not speak to the media. In fact, I think it was Wednesday he spoke to the media. So that would lead me to believe that, okay, we're all right. Yet at the same time, he is your number one offensive weapon. He's got the most yards. He's got the most catches in the league. And now the question is, is there a question with Hopkins's availability status or certainly not going to be less than 100 percent?
1: Well, I mean, if you go back, do you remember when Christian Kirk got hurt in that game? He didn't return. Yes, and then Hopkins, I assume it happened on one of those tackles because we know how effective he is, whether it's rack runs after catch or yak yards after catch. He stayed in the game. So, and usually it takes, you know, 24 to 40 hours, just, just anything, if anything was going on. I just think they're being cautious, but he's going back home and they're going to have 5,000 fans and he was commenting on. Um, the Clemson crowd really shows up. Um, I got to think, you know, as, as long as he's able to do something, and it is going to be a, you know, a good three and a half, four hour flight. Uh, you always got to worry about swelling there, but the fact that they're going to be in that city from Friday night until Sunday morning until they play, I think we still have some time.
0: Here's what Larry Fitzgerald had to say. Again, he speaks to the media on Thursday, and I did just look it up. Hopkins addressed the media yesterday. So at that time, news hadn't broken about his ankle issue. But here's what Fitz had to say about number 10. Quote, we need him. We need him for his playmaking ability. And then he later added, we need him bad, end quote. Now, I think some of that is just Larry Fitzgerald speaking. Two other points on this, because if you remember back in April, when we had our first chance to hear, it was April 17th. And his durability was asked about because he's only missed two games, although only one, in his words, because of injury. He mentioned then, said, quote, I take a lot of pride in that, being durable, end quote. And then a tweet earlier today from someone who might know Hopkins better than anyone else in our market here in Arizona. You know him very well, John McClain. He has covered the NFL for the Houston Chronicle for 45 years, MJ. Heck, that's almost as long as I've been alive. But here's what McLean had to say about Hopkins. Quote, for all those worried about DeAndre Hopkins missing practice with an ankle injury, he always answers the bell. As Aaron Rodgers might say, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. End of tweet. And I say this because, well, I'm guessing there's a lot of people wondering because probably more for fans than else that this has all of a sudden become not just a topic, but a headline.
1: Yes, and I was encouraged this morning um, based on Christian Kirk practicing. So Christian Kirk's been out, and we know that Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson, and according to Kingsbury, you know, Larry's going to be targeted a little bit more. Hopefully that's early. Um, hashtag fee fits. Oh, we have a new Hashtag. Well, I've used it in the past, but usually I don't have to break it out this early in the season. So hashtag feed fits. So, you know, maybe Hop doesn't play every single snap. I mean, I know they've been getting Larry out a little bit, getting Keyshawn some more snaps. Um, You know, Andy Isabella, I think, has earned the right. Um, I think they want to get uh, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake some more opportunities, whether I think it's more Drake in the running game and then Edmonds probably a little bit of both, more in the passing game based on matchups. So yeah, he may not play every snap, but um, John McClain, you know, it's kind of like Mike Reese in New England covering Tom Brady. There's, There's certain writers in certain cities that when they speak, you listen. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have any insight, but he just knows the person. And it's very clear that Hopkins wants to play 16 games and more um, I think he's putting up really good numbers, and so he could be the number one wide receiver at the end of the season. So I think it's important that he plays. I think we just got to come to a resolution, Craig, that this guy doesn't practice a lot. Um, now Larry's earned a right. Um, I think, you know, the guys that are 30-plus. But we know he shows up on game. Day. It's not ideal. Uh, the more reps, the better this team will be. And they talk about being in rhythm, and we'll talk about what Larry said that he thinks are close. Kyler thinks they are close. Cliff thinks they are close. So – Again, I I anticipate him being out there and just, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a decoy because I I don't think you would put him in jeopardy of doing that. How effective could he be? But just having him on the field, you're going to have to defend him a little bit different.
0: I'm not worried at all. I'll come right out and say it here on a Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. I fully expect Hopkins not only to be on the field, but to be on the field a lot, but as you mentioned, I think this idea that you have to practice in order to play applies to maybe what 90% of the players in the national football league. There are certain players that can get away without practicing two days, three days, the entire week. And we've already seen that. I mean, you go back to training camp. We were all concerned when Hopkins wasn't out there every single day. Hey, he needs his reps. It's a new system. It's a new offense, new quarterback. Yet, (laughs) he's got 32 catches for 350-plus yards. At this point, heck, I don't care if he practices at all. As long as McLean pointed out, He shows up on Sundays, gets the Cardinals eight-plus catches for 80-plus yards for 16 consecutive games. Hey, you know what? Some guys can do it. Most can't. A small portion of the NFL are allowed to do that, and I would put him, DeAndre Hopkins, in that category.
1: Well, I mean, I think the old saying is, you know, I think each coach treats players differently, and you know who your five-star players are. I think Jimmy Johnson, there was a guy that – was in a special teams meeting. He fell asleep and he cut him. And then somebody asked him if that was Troy Aiken or Michael Irvin. He said, I would have woke him up.
0: Well, how about this? Remember All or Nothing with the Arizona Cardinals? And there was a player, and I can't remember his name, but it came out during that uh, series. He parked where he was not supposed to park, and he got released. Now, if it was anyone else, hey, you know what? Don't park there. You're not allowed to. Don't let it happen again. Well, he—I I well, was
1: told he—I was told he was warm before that. Warm before? Okay. Yeah,
0: but But, you're still, right. if, that, but if that was but, some, if, that, if that was Larry Fitzgerald at the time or Patrick Peterson, they would go move his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: He—that was a kid from Oxnard.
0: Okay, I—you mentioned that story about Jimmy Johnson. And it just popped in my head, but I can't remember the the player's name. But yeah, he was here and then gone. and You're like, okay. Was that Lawrence? O- I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Where's to, Jimmy H- Omohundro when we need him? <laughs> exactly. Because uh, he's Jimmy the inside. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm I'm. I'll figure it out before the end of the show. But another another thing is, there there are heavy install days. Now the players are not allowed to be at the facility a day after game. Um, Cliff addresses the media. So now they're they're taking their Tuesdays and utilizing some uh, practice time and you know. But that's a heavy install. You know, it was interesting. And when Carson got a little bit later in his career, and he was obviously taking a beating with all the hits, you know, I think he wanted to be out there. But sometimes he he would practice a little bit on Wednesday, a little bit on Thursday, and nothing on Friday. So, I think for a quarterback, you have to be out there. I'm stating the obvious. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to get days off, um, unless obviously they think he's maybe not going to be available on Sunday. So it it, it happens. But you just wonder what other guys. I think when you look at DeAndre Hopkins' career, I, I think you're willing to overlook it. Um, but for other guys, hey, until you earn those skins on the wall, I don't think you have the same. I mean, it, Keyshawn Johnson and Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk, they can't be missing practice.
0: Let's be no, honest. It, and there's still meetings, there's still walkthroughs. So there's at least some work getting done. And. You brought it up, and I do want to make a point about Christian Kirk on the practice field for a second straight day after missing last week because of a groin injury. Now, we don't know how how far along he is in the rehab process, but I could certainly see him maybe missing another week just as a precaution and going with Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson like the Cardinals did a week ago. We'll have to wait and see on that. The final injury report comes out late on Friday, or I should say after Friday's practice.
1: I can't believe this. His name was Lawrence Okoye.
0: Okoye, okay.
1: See, was, we can uh,
0: do we we can do research here on Cardinals Cover too.
1: Well I knew I, I knew he was an Oxnard guy. Um he, he grew up in London. He was uh he was a shot putter, I wanna say he already had a record holder for disc event. I'm reading this now in rugby and he actually played for the 49ers, Cardinals, Jets, Cowboys, Bears, Dolphins, and then he was playing in the CFL. And then he ended his career with the Birmingham Irons. So he's the one that was he was warned,
0: and then he was cut. Well, he certainly bounced around the league often enough by as many names or teams. Well, like you, you know, just my mentioned. first
1: my first and last impression of that guy when they actually reminded him they're not supposed to park there. He thought that he was entitled. He had some entitlement. Keep walking.
0: Exactly. Um, staying on the wide receiver topic, and I could have told you this before it happened, but you knew the question was going to be asked of Larry Fitzgerald. And for people that know Fitz, follow Fitz, are fans of Fitz, you know what he was going to say. He was asked about being more involved in the offense, how Cliff Kingsbury came out and publicly said, hey, we need to get number 11 more involved. He needs to have the ball thrown his direction. He only had the one catch for zero yards and only targeted three times. Here was Fitz's response when asked about his lack of targets. Quote, I'm not concerned about my production at all. And then he talked about he's never complained or politic for getting balls his thrown his way. Talked about being a team game. And then with respect to Kingsbury, quote, I do appreciate him saying that, but I don't want my head coach answering questions about any one player being targeted. Wherever the ball goes, it goes. My only objective is to win end quote. And that's been Larry Fitzgerald since, I don't know if since he first entered the league, but certainly over the last 10, 15 years, if you will, that's been his mindset. And I think you see that as players get older You get your numbers, and then all of a sudden it's, okay, now I need to get my championship. That's kind of always the maturation for players in any professional sport. You're young, and you want the money. You want the recognition. And then as you get older and established, it's, okay, what's my legacy? Do I have championships that I can look back on and say, yes, this is what I accomplished?
1: Well, we all we all know in in Larry's 10 receptions from four – 14,000 and hopefully he gets that in the next couple of games. Um, you know, I had texted Larry, um, you know, after the game and got a chance to hear from him the next day. And he said, We're going to get this figured out, Mike. There's no worries. And he actually just listening to him and connecting the dots, he doesn't think that Cliff should have to respond to those questions because it's not an individual sport. And ultimately, he's really playing to get back to the postseason. I mean, he loves the camaraderie. He likes to grind. He likes the the, the process. He loves playing football. I mean, he he, he loves playing on Sundays, Mondays and Thursdays. He loves playing. So you're never going to take that away from him. But at this point in his life, it's really not about targets and touches. It's about getting to 9, 10, 11 wins and trying to get back into the postseason. So all that other stuff is secondary. So you can see that it kind of bothers that the coach has to respond to that um, because he doesn't want to be singled out.
0: And he also brought up the fact that you mentioned on how close this offense is. I believe it was your question to number 11 about the offense still not kind of living up to expectation. It's the negative plays. It's the penalties. It's playing behind the sticks, shooting themselves in the foot has been a common phrase that we've heard over the last week and a half or so. But Fitz still believes that this can be a dominant offense and an offense that is top three, top five, if you will, if they just kind of fine tune things a little bit. And even Darrell Daniels, the tight end, who spoke to the media on Thursday mentioned just the small little things that are keeping this team from giant uh, productions, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, listening to Patrick Peterson, I think that was even Larry Fisher. A matter of fact, that, that was a point of emphasis this week when working on situational football, You're not beating yourselves, not you're shooting yourselves in the foot. And we know the Cardinals haven't forced a ton of turnovers so far. You know, they come in bunches like sacks, but today they're working on, you know, not so much scooping a fumble, but, you know, picking up a fumble. You're supposed to jump on it, but it's practice. You don't want these guys jumping on it. But just a little technique where you got to go down and make sure you get the ball, keep your eyes in the right direction. And then, you know... Kyler Murray and and Cliff and and, and Larry said this is close. Now, I still think we we have to wait 25% of the season. It'd be nice to see this team, you know, kind of jumpstart the offense where, you know, you're not relying on the defense to make some stops in the fourth quarter. They can literally try to pound the football and then get in that victory formation. But they feel like they're close and they would know based on how many plays they've left on the field negative plays, drop passes. Um, Just not everyone being in sync, and I think rhythm is the word that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been uh, the theme theme. so far this season, at least through three games, is there's been no rhythm consistent for an entire football game, and maybe that happens this week. Before we get into maybe this is the week for this Cardinals passing attack to really get into high gear Larry Fitzgerald also making news off the field today. His first down fund, he has partnered with Cardinals Charities along with Albertsons and Safeway, donating $120,000 towards nutrition programming for the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Valley. And this first down fund, I know, is uh, something very, very important to Fitz, and he doesn't make a big deal out of a lot of his charity work, but this one is certainly important for him.
1: Yeah, it's important, and I think he'll continue it uh, throughout his career. I do think Phoenix or Arizona will be his residence. He does like to travel a little bit. Obviously, his hometown is Minnesota, but, you know, usually Larry has his supper club where he he obviously invites the media out and you get a chance to interview there, and then they have a red carpet. As we pointed out earlier in the week, though, all these uh, charity events that happen in September and October and November, they pretty much been canceled, so he's still doing his part. And we know the Cardinals, as an organization, do great work in the community, just like the other major sports. You know, it, it, we always focus on what's happening on the field, but they always give back to the community. Cardinals do a great job, including Nicole Bidwell and Michael Bidwell going to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, they do Christmas shopping. You know, players will take kids, uh, under kids or from the inner cities. So it's always nice to give back. And, you know, even though we're still dealing with the pandemic – uh, they're still willing to put their name and their money where their mouth is.
0: Bird gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com app for more. As we continue here on this Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, kind of gearing more towards the X's and O's of this week's contest against the Carolina Panthers, mentioned the fact that perhaps this is the week that we see more of Kyler Murray being successful in the passing game, and that's because this Panthers defense is not very good against the pass. Now, a week ago was a Lions defense that was not good against the run, and the Cardinals didn't run enough, according to many. Now, can they get that passing game in gear? The Panthers 24th against the pass and 14th in passing yards per play at almost seven a pop. They only have two interceptions this season. That's both by quarterback Dante Jackson, and they don't get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Just the two sacks, which came last week in their win at the Chargers.
1: Yeah, um, the thing is, though, you know they brought in a new head coach. We talked about and getting a six-year deal. You know, Dave Teppers is probably one of the richest owner in football with over thirteen billion. They hire Phil Snow. Um, you know, it sounds like in Corey Kyler, they run exotic blitzes. We could see some some zone blitzes where they show a front and then they drop back into coverage now. You know, I think teams, if they're not going to put a spy on Murray, they're going to try to rush four and drop seven in the coverage and force him to throw in tight windows. And that means you got to get separation. We know their routes are predicated on the defense, and you have to change your route running. So, yeah, I think they're out for the task. And, again, they don't have to go out there and score 40 points. I don't think this other team wants to get into a shootout with them. But, you know, they are plus three. Uh, I don't know if they had a turnover in week one, but they're plus they're plus three. They've had – Six turnovers total, obviously, they turn the ball over themselves. So, um, you know, I think they're still trying to figure out their identity. And we know Phil Snow is, is really familiar with the air raid offense. Uh, obviously, you know, Matt rules really his background's offensive line. And he's trying to get that offensive line to play, you know, in, in unity and sync. And I don't know if they've done that so far. And Bridgewater gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. And you talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Do you remember that story when the ambulance showed up in Minnesota?
0: When he got hurt,
1: when he got hurt, the fact that he was five and zero last year when Drew Brees went down with the thumb injury, and he resorted with a new contract, they moved on from Cam Newton. So it's nice to see him come back because that was so. I mean, you thought he was going to be able to walk again. His knee was that bad, and the fact that an ambulance had to come to the facility during practice it happened in a non-contact drill. Um, so it's it's a good story, and you know, obviously he's he's moved on from that, but. You know, that's one guy you just don't want to sit sit in the pocket and kind of pick you apart because I do think he'll run, but I think he's more similar to some other quarterbacks where they want to make throws from in the pocket, and they got some weapons. You know, you
0: well, know, that's exactly what Bridgewater did last week against the Chargers. I mean, he is completing seventy four percent of his passes. That is third best in the league, and in each of the past two weeks he's been over seventy five percent. He was twenty two of twenty eight for two thirty five at the Chargers and we heard from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph earlier today it's not so much that he can make every throw but like a Matthew Stafford that ball comes out fast so can you get pressure quickly or do you kind of have to drop back and maybe hopefully Bridgewater makes a mistake or two or you've got good coverage in the secondary and the back end to where he's got no one to throw the ball to
1: well if they contain, contain Mike Davis um, I, I think that you put um, Bridgewater in a basically one uh, situation where he's going to have to throw the football. And what was he, 22 for 28? Correct. Okay, so that number's got to get up. Now, they do have some weapons. Robbie Anderson's a fast receiver. C.J. Uh, um, D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore and then C.J. Uh, Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, excuse me, yeah. So they, they do have some weapons. And we watched Kyle Allen last year. Now, they don't have the... A steady and, and veteran tight end that they had in the past, but yeah, it's and you know, Patrick brought it up, and then I followed up with Vance. We know that there's no Christian McCaffrey, but Patrick Peterson, you know, just for our, our listeners, Joe Brady, who was the uh, offensive coordinator at LSU, previously worked for the Saints, so he learned from Sean Payton. He's their OC, and according to Patrick Peterson, their offense is like the Saints a lot of shifting, a lot of motion. Um, so, I think they're going to try. The word I was trying to look for is they want to make Bridgewater one dimensional. One dimensional, if you can stop the run. Cardinals have gone against Mike Davis. He's a thick back, about 5'9, 220 pounds. He was with the 49ers. He was with the Seahawks, so they're familiar with him. But I do think they want to make uh, Bridgewater one dimensional, and I would think that's a passing game. No, and I think just- the Cardinals feel like they get some more pressure this week. You know, we know that the sacks have been there. Um, we'll see about Kennard's situation but you know it sounds like we'll get into Isaiah Simmons here but you know, if they can win the line of scrimmage and uh, they feel like they can get to the quarterback maybe this is a the week they get some turnovers
0: Yeah right now Kennard dealing with a calf issue. Davis, two years ago when he was with the Seahawks, rushed for 101 yards on the Cardinals. So they should be very familiar. I know there's a lot of turnover and it's a new staff, but certainly when you look at that defense at Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson, they're very well aware of what Mike Davis is able to do. And I don't know if you say the Cardinals catch a break because there is no Christian McCaffrey, but sometimes when you lose that big star, everyone else has their game elevated and then... It's human nature. On the other side, you're looking as like, oh, well, they don't have McCaffrey. They don't have a chance. They're missing their number one threat. Maybe their two, three, and four threat just because not only can he run the ball, but he catches the ball so well. And that is the danger the Cardinals face this week going into a situation on the road to where the Panthers coming off a win feeling good about themselves because now they know they can win without McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, and and, and and the fact is, uh, if you want to go back to the game against the Panthers last year all week, oh, they're playing possum, Cam Newton's playing. And then Kyle Allen goes out there and lights up the Cardinals. So I I do think they probably thought this is a very winnable game, and it should have been. Unfortunately, the offense was still getting figured that, obviously, when they played Cincinnati they won on that three-game winning streak, but that's a prime example. And, again, you want to go back to a few years ago then, no Tom Brady who was serving a suspension, no Rob Gronkowski, no Nate Solder. And they t- maybe talked uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He really doesn't have a lot of starts, and they ended up losing that game. And a lot of people think it derailed their entire season because there were so many expectations after the previous year. So, yeah, it's the NFL. And, and I think Larry said if you're playing in the NFL – you have to check a lot of boxes to get there. And so in other words, these, these guys are on NFL rosters, they may not be household names, but they're worthy of being in the National Football League.
0: Fitz with respect to that loss to the Lions, quote, Sunday was a great wake up call for us, shook us up. End quote. So there's I no that. and there's no reason for this team now going on the road to overlook the Panthers and focus on the Jets or overlook the the Jets and then start thinking about the Monday night game. You get all messed up in the head and you're not going to be able to perform.
1: Well, when you hear from Corey Peters, like this is going to happen if you don't play, you know, your A game or if you you play your A minus game. And and let's be honest. I mean, Larry did mention that, or Patrick too, if you turn the ball over three times, you're not forcing turnovers. You're probably going to be on the losing end regardless We all know this came down to a last-second field goal. They were in the game. Unfortunately, the defense couldn't make a stop for the last four minutes and 49 seconds.
0: You brought up the pass rush, and a question was asked of Coach Joseph on the pass rush because everyone is focusing on the lack of sacks from Chandler Jones. He has just one, and that was in week one. But overall, this team has 11 sacks, which is the fifth most in the NFL. Four different players have two Sacks. It's just not the name that everyone is focused on. Hassan Reddick's got two. Devon Kennard has two. Heck, Corey Peters has two sacks. The defensive line is getting that push that we all talked about in the offseason and training camp. They've got six sacks amongst themselves. Last year, they had seven total. So the pass rush is there. And I think what Coach Joseph brought up was important to note. Because Jones is getting a lot of attention, someone else has to step up. And that's where Kennard and Reddick have come into play.
1: And I got to think, you know, again, Rule, his his background is the offensive line. He's trying to, you know, get those guys going. And, you know, they traded Trey Turner and they lost uh, Andrew Norwell a couple of years ago, really good guard. So I, I got to think they're going to flip Chandler around. I don't think he's just going to line up on one side. You could flip. and And based on how... Hassan Reddick's playing and the fact that Kennard's dealing with, a you know, nursing an injury, I, I got to think that you're going to see a lot of Reddick and if Canard can go. But I, I think they're going to they're gonna move Chandler around. I don't think they – you know, because whether he's getting double teamed, we always talk about if somebody's going to put a spy on Murray, that means somebody's open. Now, easier said than done because he, it keeps him in the pocket. But I, I think between Vance and, and some of the uh, coaches on defense, Billy Davis – and, and some of the um, secondary coaches, they they want to create pressure up front. And let's be honest, I mean, going into this game, Kyler Murray, I would take, and then next week, Sam Darnold, not that we're worrying about the Jets right now, but I'm just saying this is a, a couple of weeks where maybe you can force some turnovers, and that will go a long way when it comes to the win-loss record.
0: Well, and this week in particular, maybe even next week as well, if you can get a pass rush, if you can get that quarterback scrambling off his spot, force him to get rid of the football that means your back end doesn't have to cover and the Cardinals secondary right now is banged up not at the cornerback position but at the safety position and let's get into this because the Cardinals did make a roster move and that was adding veteran safety T.J. Ward to the practice squad here is something that we've talked about a couple of different times here on the show that you can put veterans now on the practice squad You've got a two-time Pro Bowler now on the practice squad, eight years in the league. He hasn't played, though, in the NFL since 2017 with Tampa Bay, but someone that certainly has the experience and the knowledge that, if needed, could come in and play because it certainly looks like Buda Baker is not going to be available, maybe no Chris Banjo, and we know Jalen Thompson is going to miss at least another week.
1: Yeah, according to Vance, looks like uh, Deontay Thompson, who's been in the system over a year. And then you throw in uh, Curtis Riley, who is uh, on that final drive uh, against the Lions. Um, He's really their fifth string, um, you know, safety and he's been here a month. So again, I I think it's really going to come down to these corners, Murphy, Kirkpatrick, and Peterson. And then hopefully those guys. And, you know, I I think considering Ward uh, was on the practice field today, um, and they pretty much said he's not going to play i i would think he'd be a guy that's you know depending on banjo and, and depending on Buda baker but it's a good luxury to have um you know he's patrick said i think he uh played with him at the, in the pro Bowl in arizona that's how long it's been uh, he's a couple of pro bowls but he's a guy that knows the position so unfortunately you know you got to go what you have you got to Guys that are familiar, Riley was a late addition, so he's been in the system for a few weeks now. So I would think if, uh, depending on the availability of Banjo and Buda Baker next week, uh, we could see T.J.
0: Ward. Now, when this move was announced, I fully expected that Ward, because it was something we talked about yesterday, that the Cardinals hadn't gone out and grabbed a veteran safety with the injury or the surgery On Buda Baker, and maybe that was a telling sign that it wasn't going to be a long-term injury. And then this morning, they add T.J. Ward to the practice squad. All right, that's good. You can certainly, because of the new rules, you can elevate up to two practice squad players the day before the game. Maybe he is on the active roster come Saturday. That was certainly something that would be an option. And yet, Coach Joseph today, quote, the move was made more for the future, talking about T.J. Ward. He hasn't been here long enough to know the game plan or the system. So that was a little bit of a surprise. So maybe now we're back to thinking that it's not going to be a long-term timetable for Buda Baker, that he'll be able to come back after missing just the one week, if it is just the one week.
1: Yeah, and we wondered the entire offseason, you know, um, were the Cardinals going to try to bring in another veteran safety? And, you know, obviously Tony Jefferson was out there, um, according to Tony Jefferson, he's, or his, his agent, he's not ready to really, uh, you know, put the pads on, but he is making visits. So, and then they, you know, obviously brought you know uh, Riley in, but it's a good insurance policy. I mean, the guy's got experience. Um, you know, again, Banjo was more of a special teams player. Uh, obviously, he was thrown into the uh, the position, you know, late last year when Deontay Thompson wasn't out there. So to me, T.J. Ward is a, is a great guy to come off the bench, and Banjo's more of a special teams player where this guy's more of a, a you know a downhill safety guy. So I, I think that's accurate, and he would know more than I do referring to Vance. Um, it's good to have that because, again, you can't rely on Curtis Riley over a period of time. I think they're good in the pinch. We know that Deontay Thompson lost his job to Jalen Thompson, and we know Buda Baker's one of their better players, so it makes total sense. This isn't for this week. um, It's for for the next, uh, I guess, 12 to 13 games.
0: Patrick Peterson and Coach Joseph, very complimentary of the safeties that they do have. Peterson, quote, we have guys that we're confident in, end quote. Coach Joseph, quote, I think we're in good shape at safety, end quote, with respect to Deontay Thompson and Curtis Riley. And then he brought up something that was an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about, but you talk about injuries happening happening at the same position. It's every year. It always seems to happen a year ago. It was the running back position this year. It's the safety position and coach Joseph never wanting to see injuries happen, but acknowledge that the safety position is one of those positions to where you can get away with guys being injured. So, You're playing center field. You're kind of the last resort, if you will. So much of the attention needs to be focused on the defensive line and linebackers and, to this certain extent, the cornerback position. So let's hope for one week that they just get away, if you will, with a Deontay Thompson and Curtis Riley because the last image of Curtis Riley was getting beat up the sideline on Sunday for a long game to put the Lions in game-winning field goal position.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you always want to have your your front front three four guys. I mean, obviously, you don't don't want to see Corey Peters or Jordan Phillips miss the game. You don't want to see Chandler Jones or Jordan Hicks or Devontae Campbell miss the game. And you don't want to see Patrick Peterson, in this case, Drake or Patrick Byron Murphy miss the game. So I I understand that. Usually in sports, you build up the middle, you know, different sports. Uh, Basketball, uh, we don't see the center as much. In baseball, you got to have a good catcher shortstop second baseman so um, a little bit different in football we always talk about the four most important positions when you're building a roster quarterback left tackle pass rusher and corner so again I think you and I enjoy listening to Vance Joseph and he's pretty straight with us Um, he's going to try to take away their best player and then go from there
0: now the one name we have not mentioned Isaiah Simmons and this is interesting because Patrick Peterson addressed the media beforehand And he was asked about Simmons and then added this, quote, he hasn't been at safety all week, end quote. Now, I don't know how you took that, MJ, but there's two different ways that I heard that, meaning he hasn't been at safety at all this week or he hasn't been at safety a lot this week. So I couldn't quite read what was going on there until Vance Joseph addressed the media about an hour or two later, and he basically said, oh, no, Simmons isn't ready. There'll be a package or two for him. Maybe you see him play safety for a snap or two, and I'm paraphrasing here. But at no point did Coach Joseph let on or even acknowledge that Simmons was going to see a lot of time, let alone start, at safety, something everyone spent a considerable amount of time dissecting earlier in the week when Kingsbury said, Oh yeah, that's something that's being discussed. Well, maybe it's been discussed and Hey, let's go to plan B or C and not quite rush Simmons. Cause he is just three games into his NFL career.
1: Well, I, I, you know, sometimes it's gamesmanship, but when you talk to the coordinator and he tells you that right now that they have certain packages for him, I still think, and again, um, you got to play the guys you have on your roster, but I, I still think, you know, you slow play him at weak side and you let him rush the passer. And there's going to be times he's going to have to cut a run back in the flat. I think he'll take good angles on that. Um, yeah, I, I still think, you know, I know people don't want to hear it, but Campbell and Hicks and Reddick and Chandler, I'm not taking those guys off the field. So, it is what it is um i'm just glad they're not relying on him but hopefully as the season progresses um he gets more opportunity he gets more comfortable and again uh, just like all 32 teams i mean these these guys really miss the off season just just even the rookie mini camps being at the facility until the end of june um no preseason games no excuse everyone's dealing with it but i think right now you know before his head starts spinning now i think it gets um I think it gets uh, misconstrued because, you know, people are out there watching practice and he is running with uh, the secondary in drills. Now we don't get a chance to see, you know, seven on seven, 11 on 11. So, but you know, he has been doing that all training camp and that's just more to work on his feet. So from that standpoint, I mean, they are telling us the truth. It's just you know they you can't go in there with a guy that's still learning. I mean, nothing against Curtis Riley, but at least he's been here, he's been in those meetings, and so. Um, but again, I, I I still think Isaiah could be
0: effective in, in the front seven. I really do. And we're not sitting here saying that Simmons is not going to cover receivers or maybe even see some time in the secondary. It just Earlier this week, it would not have surprised me if Simmons was your starting safety just because perhaps the team thought he was a better option than a Deontay Thompson or a Curtis Riley. Yet, listening to Coach Joseph, that couldn't be further from the truth. They're going to certainly play Simmons at multiple positions. They've got different packages that he has a role in, but he is not going to be pigeonholed as a safety because of Buda Baker's injury. He's going to be everywhere on the field, but certainly concentrating on inside linebackers. So, not that we wasted everyone's time with that discussion earlier in the week, MJ. But as they say, plans change, and as you get closer to game time, you kind of get more and more information on how things might play out. And right now, it does not sound like Isaiah Simmons is an option at the safety position.
1: Yeah, in in the good, perfect scenario. You know, you get Buddha back and you get Jalen Thompson back and then he can just learn his, his natural position, which they, they want to play him at the weak side. And I do think he can rush the passer. So that, I mean, it's, I, I feel good about it. If they can get through this game and possibly get one of the two back, if not both. Um, and then obviously we'll focus on the Cowboys game after the Jets game, but yeah. Um, and, and I, I find it interesting where, you know, Cardinal fans and, You know, when you tweet something out or you make a comment about something or you listen to the podcast, um, they say just play the rookie. Um, Not so fast. This team is trying to win games. You know, they took some lumps last year going through some rookie, uh, you know, growing pains and obviously, you know, guys like Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella and Byron Murphy and I can name another five or eight guys that have made strides. So um, it's not as simple as you think. I mean, just play the rookie. How many rookies are, as you pointed out on post game show, you look at all 32 rookies. How many are actually playing? I mean, yeah, you, you see a couple that are starting usually as linemen, Andrew Thomas, uh, backed in with the Jets. But for the most part, if you're, uh, you know, and, and, different positions are hard to learn. Um, again, uh, they didn't draft him for one week. They didn't draft him for this year. He's going to be here for the next four or five years and hopefully he's the player everyone thought he would be.
0: Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Raids, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. So homework again, MJ. It is a Thursday night. You've got Thursday night football, but you also have a homework assignment because we need your three keys and your X-Factor for the Cardinals to get back in the win column here in week four. Sounds
1: good. I, you know, it, it comes down to, um, you know, different matchups, but it's going to be, a, you know, something that from, from a Cardinal standpoint, they're going to have to win these matchups. And, and I'll go through three and I'll come up with the X factor because, you know, like I said, you want to avoid losing streaks. and not saying they're going to lose four or five in a row, but I, as Larry pointed out, it's kind of a wake-up call and I think they're going back to basics. So this should be a, an
0: interesting game and hopefully they get off to a good start. And that's what's ahead on our show come Friday, a football Friday, hashtag fits Friday, hashtag feed fits, as we keep adding them here on this edition of cardinals cover two and on that note we will put a lid on this thursday edition of cardinals cover two special thanks as always to our executive producer jim amohandro for mike i'm craig riolu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two